Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Friday, December 22nd. Today we'll be discussing Rudy Giuliani's recent bankruptcy filing and the historic vote by Wells Fargo workers in New Mexico to unionize. Plus, a judge accuses Governor DeSantis of spreading false information while pushing trans health care restrictions. All this coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Politics Station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. In recent developments, former President Donald Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, has filed for bankruptcy, and Trump himself is facing accusations of pressuring Michigan officials to not certify election results. Abby, our political correspondent, is here to help us understand the implications of these events. Abby, what can you tell us about these situations? Well, Michael, Giuliani's bankruptcy filing comes after being ordered to pay $148 million in damages to two Georgia election workers he defamed. This is a significant blow to Giuliani, who was once a prominent figure in Trump's legal team. And what about the allegations against Trump? What's the story there? According to a report, Trump personally pressured two Republican officials in Michigan to not certify election results in the state. This was during a phone call on November 17, 2020, where he reportedly told the officials that they would look terrible if they certified the results. This is a serious allegation, as it suggests an attempt to undermine the democratic process. In addition to these allegations, we also have news of the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that Trump should be dropped from the state's 2024 election ballots. Can you elaborate on this? Yes, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled in a 4-3 to decision that Trump must be kept off the state's GOP ballot in accordance with the 14th Amendment. This amendment bars those who swore a constitutional oath and then engaged in insurrection from holding public office. The court cited Trump's role in inspiring the Capitol riot as the reason for this decision. These are indeed serious allegations and decisions that could have a significant impact on Trump's political future. How is the Biden administration responding to these developments? The Biden administration has been vocal in its criticism of Trump. President Biden himself has drawn attention to Trump's inflammatory language, comparing it to rhetoric used in Nazi Germany. The administration seems to be using these comparisons to remind voters of why they chose to oust Trump in the first place. It's clear that the political landscape is still very much influenced by the actions and consequences of the Trump administration. Thanks for your insights, Abby. Now in a historic move, employees at a Wells Fargo bank in New Mexico have voted to unionize, marking the first time that workers at a major U.S. bank have attempted to organize in the modern era. Abby, our banking and finance correspondent, is here to discuss this development. Abby, what's the significance of this move? Michael, this is indeed a significant development. The banking industry, unlike manufacturing or public sector jobs, has not traditionally been a stronghold for unions. But this move by Wells Fargo employees is part of a broader trend of increased union activity across various sectors in the U.S. So what's driving this surge in union activity? There are a few factors at play here. Workers are expressing dissatisfaction with issues like understaffing, low pay, and poor management. There's a growing sentiment among employees in various sectors that unionizing can help them negotiate better terms. It's not just Wells Fargo. We're seeing similar moves at other companies like Starbucks and even tech giants like Apple and Amazon. It's interesting to see this trend even in sectors that have not traditionally been represented by unions. What kind of impact could this have on the banking industry? The impact could be significant. 
If more bank employees unionize, it could lead to changes in pay structures, working conditions, and even the way banks operate. It could also inspire workers in other sectors to consider unionizing. However, it's important to note that unionizing is not a magic bullet. It comes with its own set of challenges and complexities. That's a good point. And what has been the response from Wells Fargo and other banks? So far, Wells Fargo hasn't made any official statements about the unionization. It's worth noting that the banking industry has traditionally resisted unionization efforts. But with the changing landscape, it will be interesting to see how they respond. Other banks will also be watching this closely, as it could set a precedent. Certainly a development to keep an eye on. Thanks for the insights, Abby. Now, a federal judge in Florida has raised skepticism about the state's ban on medical treatment for transgender children and restrictions on adult trans care. The law, which has been touted by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, is currently under scrutiny. Abby, can you bring us up to speed on this? Absolutely, Michael. Judge Robert Hinkle, who is presiding over the case, has questioned the motivation behind the law. He pointed out that Governor DeSantis has been spreading false information about doctors mutilating children's genitals, even though there's been no such documented cases. The judge suggested that the law seems to be more about preventing trans children from accessing health care than protecting them from harm. What has been the state's defense in this case? The state's lawyer, Mohammed Jazil, has argued that the law was motivated by public safety concerns. He said it's about treating a medical condition and not about targeting transgender individuals. However, Judge Hinkle seemed skeptical of this argument. This issue isn't exclusive to Florida, is it? Other states have enacted similar laws, correct? That's correct, Michael. At least 22 states have now enacted laws restricting or banning gender-affirming medical care for transgender minors. Many of these states are facing lawsuits. The outcomes have been mixed so far, with the first such law in Arkansas being struck down by a federal judge. What's the broader context here? How does this law fit into the larger picture of transgender rights in the United States? This law is part of a broader trend of legislation targeting transgender individuals. In Florida alone, recent laws have placed restrictions on pronoun use in schools, the teaching of gender identification, access to public bathrooms, and participation of trans girls in girls' sports. Critics argue that these laws are part of a systematic effort to marginalize transgender individuals. It's clear this is a complex and contentious issue. We'll be watching closely as Judge Hinkle prepares to rule on this case in the new year. Thanks for the insights, Abby. All right, that wraps up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Current Radio. We'll see you back here tomorrow.